we have reached the end of our 21-day fasting and praying time. As we have done the last at least four, maybe five years, we have taken the Sunday at the conclusion of that <clears throat> and focused our attention on having it be a healing Sunday. We believe in divine healing here. Not that our fasting and our prayer has earned us any special grace, but the Lord says that there are some things that He only does because we fast and pray. And we have seen the Lord move in some very powerful and unique ways through these years. And so this morning, <clears throat> in just a few minutes, we're going to begin to give some instructions for how we're going to pray for those who are coming today. But I want to share with you just a, a few pieces of the Word to put a puzzle together today for God's purposes for healing us. Uh, I find it interesting that uh, today Pastor Julie is out sick, Pastor Mark is out sick. Today's the first day all week that I've been able to stand up if it wasn't for Pastor Jeff, we'd have locked the doors this week because <laughs> it's been a difficult time and begin to recognize um, how desperately the enemy wanted to fight to keep us from having this day. And I also begin to recognize that if he's fighting so hard to keep something from happening, it must be that it's going to be spectacular and we will overcome. There's a marvelous Bible teacher by the name of Smith Wigglesworth that some of you probably have heard about, um, an Englishman, and he was riding on a train, and uh, across from him was a, a mother and her daughter, and both of them were not well. And as he began to have a conversation, he said, look, I've, I've got something in the bag that I'm carrying that will cure you. Uh, he says, in fact, what I have in my bag is so powerful that it's never been known to fail. And mother and the daughter looked quite interested, and after a few moments they said, would you, please, would you please be willing to give each of us a dose of what you have in your bag? And so he opened his bag and he took out the Bible. And in taking out the Bible, he turned to a verse that I want to use as a text for us this morning in Exodus chapter 15, verse 26. And it says this, if you listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God <clears throat> and do what is right in His eyes, <clears throat> excuse me, if you pay attention to His commands and keep all of His decrees, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. How many of you believe that this morning? Father, I pray that over these next few moments that you would allow each of us to have a pillar that we can stand on to approach you. There's nothing that we can do to deserve or earn our way into a healing touch. But, Father God, you do this because of your love for us and the work of Jesus Christ. And so we come this morning and we ask that you would prepare our hearts, prepare our bodies, prepare our spirits, and prepare this room for supernatural things to happen. In Jesus' name. I want to share with you quickly seven purposes for divine healing. Seven purposes for divine healing. Purpose number one, reasons that we can expect this morning that the Lord would do a work of healing is because Jesus heals because he's full of compassion. Jesus heals because he's full of compassion. In Mark chapter 1, verses 40 through 42, the scripture says this, a man with leprosy came to him 
and begged him on his knees, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Filled with compassion, Jesus reached out his hand and he touched the man and he said, I am willing, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him and he was cured. Now, if you're reading from a King James Version, you'll notice that the words are, he was moved with compassion. And if you're reading from New American Standard, it says, he felt compassion. And the reason that's interpreted different ways in different uh, versions is because the word compassion here, it's, uh, in the New Testament, compassion can be interpreted in three different ways. This, this particular word in Greek is the hardest to try to encapsulate in the English language for us in words that would be fully understandable. Clearly, the Scripture said it was the compassion that Jesus felt that led him to enter into this miracle. And this word compassion in, in Greek comes from a Greek word called splankna, which is a word that describes the entrails of a human being. And you think, okay, how does, <clears throat> how does compassion... Excuse me just a moment. How does compassion... And the word entrails of a human being come from the same thing. I think very clearly what's being demonstrated here is, is what Jesus was feeling for a leper whose body was falling apart and who would literally crawl on his knees to get to Jesus, jeopardizing what little sinew was left holding him together. Something within Jesus so deeply moved him that it wasn't just... This was not just a feeling sorry for. This was something that from deep, deep inside forced him to move in compassion. Something so deep that it came from the entrails of his being that forced him to move. And I, I want you to understand today as we begin to come to the Lord and ask that he brings healing to us, that there is a level of compassion in our Savior that sees your life and he sees what you're going through and he knows what you're feeling and, and from deep inside of his body and his being there comes this flow of compassion that forces him to respond to you. Jesus in human flesh in this particular instance acted with compassion in such a way that it says that he was not afraid to do something which would make no sense. Nobody, nobody was going to touch a leper. It was so contagious that the possibility of, of being infected was too great, and yet Jesus knew that the power that he had was stronger than the contagion of a human disease. And he says, my power, I am willing, he said, to touch you. And in that moment, power flew and flowed through Jesus into a broken and sick person, and they were healed, and their contagiousness was ended. So when we come today, we can recognize that one of the reasons that we will be healed is because of the compassion of Jesus. A second purpose that we can expect healing today is Jesus heals because healing belongs to his children. Healing belongs to his children. In Mark chapter 7, verses 24 through 29, there's an interesting passage that talks it says that Jesus left that place and he went to the vicinity of Tyre and he entered into a house and he didn't want anybody to know it, yet he could not keep his presence secret. In fact, as soon as she heard about it, a woman whose little daughter was possessed by an impure spirit came and fell at his feet. And then it describes the woman. She was Greek and she was born in a country that did not believe in him. But she begged Jesus to drive the demon out of her daughter. 
Jesus said, first let the children eat all they want, he told her, for it's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Lord, she replied, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. And then he told her, for such a reply, you may go, the demon has left your daughter. Implied within this, Jesus was saying, I have come so that I can bring healing to my family. The family at that particular time was not inclusive of the Greeks. It was to the Jewish people. But this Greek woman recognized her need was so great, I'm willing to step out of my religious traditions. And even though I may not be counted as a child, I'm willing to come and by faith hope that you will bring something to me. And so he says, my healing belongs to my children first. But because of your faith, your daughter's going to be made whole. Here's how this applies to us today. It may be that you are here and... Have any of you ever seen God heal somebody that you didn't know why and then not heal somebody that you didn't know why? Sometimes those are our biggest questions. I was in India about 20 years ago this Christmas on a trip that my wife will tell you was the one thing that has changed my life as it relates uh, probably to missions more than anything else. I was with Timidor who used to be a pastor in our area, and now he's in New York City, and we were speaking at youth conventions from the northern part of India through the southern part of India, and we were there for about 14 days, and on the time we were coming through Calcutta, we met up with Hulda Bentain and her team, and they took us to the hospital that they were working with. They took us to the pediatric floor. We walked in, and the pediatric floor was a room about the size of our sanctuary that had uh, an aisle down the middle and then beds, just about as many beds as you could get in there with a chair beside each bed, and on every bed was a child, and next to every bed was the mother of that child. And they were all dressed in their Buddhist garb. And as Tim walked into the room, the doctor that was escorting us lifted up his voice, and he says, I want you to know that the men of God are here to pray for your children. And that room lifted as the mothers jumped from their chairs and came running over to us and began to tug at our sleeves to pull us to the bedside of their child. And and I remember thinking, these are people that don't even know the power of your name, Jesus. These are people that, by the way they're dressed, would deny you. And yet in that moment, we were led bed to bed to bed and we laid hands on these children and we prayed for them in the name of Jesus because their God had done nothing. And it began to dawn on me that yes, healing belongs to his children, but sometimes the crumbs fall off the table for the dogs to pick up so that they can get some nourishment. And I want you to know something. There were things that took place in that room I can't explain. One of the greatest miracles that I've seen in my ministry took place with one of those things that I can never explain. We just received a call years ago when I was pastoring in Elmira that there was somebody who had a friend that was in the hospital, and they said, this man's been given less than six hours to live. Can you please go? And I grabbed one of my deacons, and we went to the hospital, and I walked in. The families gathered around, and the doctor told us as we went in, he says, this is going to end soon. He says, this man's heart literally is falling apart. I didn't know how to pray. I didn't know what to do. We just opened the Bible, and I just felt led to read the faith chapter in Hebrews 11. And I stood there and just began to read the word over him and and, and said, Father, I don't know anything about this man, but you're aware, and we are here. And and we just begin to read the word and pray together over this individual. And not only did he not die in six minutes, he didn't die in six hours. In fact, six days later, with what the doctor would describe as there's a brand-new heart in there, The man walked out of the hospital. Here's the question. He never gave his life to the Lord, to my knowledge. 
But what his healing did was open the door to the invitation of Christ to everybody else that was in that room. And some of them responded. How God uses healing for his glory's sake are things that we never, may never be able to explain. But I want you to know something. Healing belongs to his children, and sometimes the crumbs fall off the table and touch others as well. Perhaps that will be an entry point for somebody else to receive Christ today. Purpose number three, Jesus heals to bring glory to his Father. He heals to bring glory to his Father. In Matthew chapter 15, verses 29 through 31, it says, Jesus left there, went along the Sea of Galilee, went up on a mountainside, and he sat down, and great crowds came to him, bringing the lame and the blind and the cripple and the mute and many others, and they laid them at his feet, and he healed them. The people were amazed when they saw the mute speaking and the cripple made well and the lame walking and the blind sing. And then it says this, and they praised the God of Israel. They praised the God of Israel. There is a response that comes from us when we see God move in miraculous ways. It brings a praise in our heart. On another occasion, the scripture says the response was similar when Jesus healed a paralyzed man. It said, when the multitude or when all the people saw it, they marveled and they all glorified God. In other words, what God can do today will make all of you glorify him. Glorifies him. Last year at our healing service, there was something that took place that I thought you needed to hear about today because it's going to help you glorify God and build your faith for what God wants to do in a few minutes. And I'm going to invite Dennis Wood, if you would please come. You ready this time? sure there's no Eskimos in my family. <laughs> so I was one of the 2%. And unfortunately, I have since passed it on to my son. Doctor says, you are missing support bones in the base of your spine. As a result of this, your spine is collapsing upon itself. So there's no cure. He says, eventually, you're going to have to have an operation. He says, put the operation off as long as possible because there's no guarantee that an operation will take care of it. He said, deal with the pain, with medication and everything until you can no longer deal with it anymore and then we'll talk about an operation. So my lifestyle was changed. I couldn't pull anymore, so I wasn't there the night my son bowled a 299. I think he still has that score. Card. Yeah. I couldn't golf anymore. Of course, people said I never could. <laughs> I couldn't help out around the house. I couldn't even run a vacuum cleaner. 
I couldn't pick up my kid, my grandchildren. I'd have to sit down. So I'd pick him up and stick him in my lap. Because I wasn't allowed to pick up anything that weighed more than 15 pounds. Also affected me in church. I could not stand through a worship service. After the first hymn, the first chorus, I would take it to the hymnal, place it between my back and the pew, and push up against it to realign my spine. We no longer have pews and hymnals, so that doesn't work anymore. <laughs> I couldn't clap, and I couldn't raise my hands because it put too much pressure on my spine. Thirteen months ago, I decided I'm going to start looking into the operation. But before I could, could I felt a check in my spirit, so I didn't. And then in the month of January, we had the time of prayer and everything. The morning of the healing service, there was an air of excitement in my spirit. It began to intensify as they came to church. And then Pastor Doug started, started the young preaching about healing. And God's spirit spoke to my spirit. He said, if you come forward, I will heal you. But right away, the enemy puts in the doubts. He says, you received touches from God before, but you never received complete healing. What makes you think it's going to be any different today? You didn't fully participate in the Daniel fast. You don't deserve to be healed. Or what happens if you go forward and, and nothing happens? People will think you're an idiot. So Pastor gave the invitation. I turned to my wife. What I wanted to say was, I, I'm going to go forward. To this day, I don't know what came out, but it wasn't that. And she just looked at me and said, go. I remember I came forward, and I was sitting there. Nervous, emotional nervousness was just, you know, going around in me like it is now, but my spirit was calm. As it came time for me to be prayed for, I don't remember most of what Pastor Doug said, <laughs> but I do remember the most important thing. He prayed and asked God to run his finger down my spine and to realign and to strengthen my spine. Immediately from the middle of my spine to the base of my spine, there was a warmth and the pain was gone. The pain was gone. After 20 years, I no longer had pain. I could raise my arms. I could glorify God for what he did.
have an image in my mind of that moment when he began to lift his hands. He stood here and lifted his hands and he told us that we're gathered around and pray for him. I, I haven't done this in a long time, not been able to do this. And, and, and there was such a surge of worship energy that takes place because when Jesus heals, it allows you to give glory to the Father for the things that he has done. Fourth purpose is Jesus heals to fulfill God's promises. Matthew 8, 16 and 17, when evening came, many of the demon possessed were brought to him and he drove out the spirits with a word and healed all the sick. And this was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah, that he took our infirmities and carried our diseases. I want you to know one of the stands, one of the platforms that we stand on when we come to the Lord to be healed is because he has prophesied it to be so. We're not asking him to do something he doesn't want to do. He has said, I will fulfill my promises. And so when the master heals, heals, it's in fulfillment of his word that was spoken. That Christ would take our sicknesses and our infirmities upon himself. The fifth purpose that Jesus heals is that he heals to confirm his own word. In John 10, 37 and 38, it says, Jesus is speaking, do not believe me unless I do what my father does. But if I do it, even though you do not believe me, believe the miracles that you may know and understand the Father is in me and I am in the Father. Healing is promised by the Father and then declared by Jesus Christ. And Jesus knew exactly why he was sent to earth. And as a result of that, it confirms his spoken word when he brings healing within our life and he fulfills those words to us. Purpose number six. Jesus heals to show the power in his blood. He heals to show the power in his blood. The passage that Pastor Jeff read this morning out of Isaiah 53, I want you to look at this again with me, and I want you to see how many times within this short couple of verses there is a benefit that we receive because of an action that he took on our behalf. Surely he took up our infirmities, and carried our sorrows. Yet we consider him stricken by God, smitten by him, afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds, we are healed. Sometimes the greatest healing that you need is not something that leaves a scar on the outside. Within this verse gives us the idea that there are sorrows that we carry. There may be things that you have kept hidden on the inside that on the outside it may, you may look fine, you may feel fine, but you know that on the inside something is broken. There have been things said to you or done to you that you have hoped no one would ever find out and you've just kept those broken pieces on the inside and, and the scripture declares to you that he was bruised for your iniquities and he carries your sorrows and everything that's broken on the inside he can bring healing to and so don't leave here today without giving the healer the opportunity to take some of those old things that have been hidden on the inside and bring them under the power of his blood so that you can be made whole in body and in mind and in spirit, the power of the blood. Part of that healing is this, and I mentioned this this morning. There were several that were prayed for that mentioned it. 
Some of you may have had issues you've been dealing with for a long time, and maybe you've even had them prayed for before, and so the enemy begins to whisper in your ear, it's not for you. It's not for you. It never's going to happen to you. Don't you let him be the one that determines your obedience today. Dennis would have been prayed for before. In times in pain, he'd come and said, I need prayer. But there was something about this time that became God's time. This might be God's time for you. Purpose number seven, Jesus heals to expose Satan's defeat at the cross again. John 3, 8 tells us that the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. He says destroy. Now this word destroy in Greek has a, a meaning to it that, that means unraveling and to unbind, to dissolve. And so if you were an idea of a uh, of nets being cast out and, and Satan dragging these nets trying to entrap as many as he can in it the idea that you might think healing would be that Jesus would cut the net and just let you go this word destroying the works of the devil scripture here has a much deeper meaning it means that he, he literally wants at a molecular level to destroy the ability of the enemy to ever capture you again he didn't come just to let you out he came to destroy the net that captures you he came to destroy the ability. And so God, when he brings healing to you, it rubs Satan's face in the fact that he can never escape the cross. You've been defeated, and every time I heal my child, you are defeated again, and I've destroyed your ability to do your work in their life. And so as we prepare ourselves today, we pray that God will bring healing into your life, and that as you approach him, you come on the, the purpose of he heals because he's full of compassion. He heals because healing belongs to his children. He heals because it brings glory to the Father. He heals because it fulfills God's promises. He heals because it confirms Jesus' words. He heals to show the power in the blood. And he heals to expose Satan's defeat at the cross again. The Bible gives us an example, and here's, here's what we're going to be doing. I'm, <clears throat> I'm not going to close this service in prayer like we normally do. We're going to be, in just a moment, having prayer groups come up, and we're going to have a group of, of women who are godly women, and we're going to have a group of men, our, our, our deacons and elders, that will be here, and others we've selected to come. And, and so the reason we do this is because we recognize that sometimes there are ladies that say, I would rather talk about my needs and what's going on in my life with other ladies, and we want you to know that there's the safety of that. And likewise, we'll have our elders here as well. But the Bible says this in James 5, 14 and 15. If any one of you is sick, he should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well, and the Lord will raise him up. So here's what you need to know. It's not in the power of the pastor or the elders or the pastor of godly women. It's not in our power to heal you. What we do is we invoke the name of Jesus and anoint you with oil, and it's the power of God. The power of God that heals. None of us receive the glory. He gets all of it. He gets it all. And so we're going to ask that some music is being played, and I'm going to ask that, do we have a group of children that are going to be praying today as well? Wonderful. Uh, this is important. It's important that our children understand that God doesn't use you after you've reached 
a certain age, but he can use you at any time. And so we've asked that some of the children that have demonstrated an ability to be serious about the things of the Lord be here. And so if you have children or there are children here that just want other children to join them in prayer, they're here and they're going to they're gonna pray with you. It's called the body of Christ. So I'm going to ask if our groups would please come. As we begin to pray, if... If there's nothing in your life that you need today or you feel that you must go, then you can just feel free to slip out whenever you want. If you're here to be prayed for, then, then we're going to ask that you, know, you might need to, to make some lines and, and uh, we'll, be, we'll be as quick as we can be, but we want to be as thorough in our prayer as we can be too. But at the end of... 21 days of seeking God. I have an expectation in my heart. He's fought hard to keep this day from happening. It's what Satan, you lose because we're standing in the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. So I'm going to ask if you would feel comfortable, you can stand and begin to, to come and gather. Where's our children at? Children, children over here. Okay. And children, if there's something you'd like to be prayed for, I want you to go right over there and we have some people that will help you there. And we're just going to put some music on and we're going to let God have his way this morning.